John Grinder would say in his words, you go first. Everything go starts, first. starts with you. Because it's usually what it is for most people that we only just start to wake up when we hit the wall. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for your host, Christine. Hello, everyone. It's Christine, your host of the Startup Student Podcast. And I'm here with, you won't believe it, oh my God, Florian Hager. Welcome, Florian. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's show. Today we will speak about state and the journey of Florian Hager. Yes, thank you for that, <laughs> everyone. We promise you we will not do this probably throughout the episode, but it might happen again because in the end, we all should have fun listening to that and recording this. So uh, thanks, everyone, for being here, for listening to us. Um, as you know, I usually have a series of four episodes with each of my guests, and this series is called leading with your head and heart and there's no one better to talk to than Florian because he has a very touching interesting um, story that we all can learn from and also um, really interesting skills uh, working and coaching people um, to become better leaders with the head and the heart um, but I will let um, give over to Florian to introduce himself. Tell us who you are, tell us a bit about your background, what you're doing and why you're here. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, uh, Christine. That's a very big question actually to start with. Great to be here first of all. Um, what brought me to the point where I am at the moment is a series of events, I would say, that were a lot of, I would say, really hard things happening to me. And I think the funniest thing to say up front is that most of the time when a client comes into my room and he puts his package on, on the table and he or she tells me whatever the problem, the challenges and so on are, I can actually see myself in those challenges. So basically I have been through quite some stuff myself working on, on my personality, on everything there is to work on to become more whole, I would say, and to become more complete for the last, let's say, 15 years. And it all started actually when I woke up in a hospital when I was 25, I would say, yeah, 25, with multiple fractures in my spine, multiple fractures in my hip. Uh, I was in bed for about five months, I'd say, and I had to learn to walk again. But the thing is, how did it get there? I was one of these high performers and high achievers. So I was a gymnastic trainer for semi-professionals. I was a gymnast, a gymnast myself. I was in a political organization, uh, leading it, organizing events up to 2,500 people, mainly by myself. And I was doing uh, evening school on the side to be able to study one day. And I had a kind of, I would say, toxic relationship back then. And everything, in a nutshell, I was sleeping probably not more than four hours a day and partying on the weekend because you want to have a life as well. And so at some point, something broke. And in that case, it was my body. And that was when I got to the book that is called uh, Sickness as a Path 
from uh, a German doctor. He's talking about psychosomatics, which opened my eyes to a totally different new way of thinking. But the fun thing about it is that when I got out of the hospital and I had to learn to walk and I started working again and I went back to school, I had to catch up. There was lots of stuff to catch up to. And because Florian can do it, no, he tried to catch up with everything he hadn't done in five, six months being in hospital and in bed. So the year after, at almost the exact same point, I ended up in the hospital again, but this time with uh, burnout, with a lung and rib fur infection and almost died overnight. So the doctors caught me somewhere and found me and they say, oh my God, if we didn't find you like two more hours, you would have probably been dead. And this was the final warning that said, okay, I have to change something. It was the third time in a, in a, in a row that something really heavy happened to me. First one I didn't mention yet. And I say, okay, all good things, uh, three usually in my world. So probably if I don't change something now, there would maybe not be another chance. And this is how everything changed for me. So I went on for a few more years before I quit everything. I threw everything away. I stopped studying, I, I quit studying. I sold my car, my house, my motorbike. I mean, it was not a house, it was a flat. And I went to Asia for eight months, traveling barefoot from Thailand to Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, up to China, where I spent the last two months somewhere in the mountains of Yunnan, living with monks, learning to meditate, being alone by myself for days and days, and walking somewhere through the jungle in Laos, realizing that I have, I'm so far from home and more close to myself than I have ever been before. And things inside me started to, to shift, to change. And I learned what it means to become more humble, more present. And, and I started to realize that I haven't felt myself for the first probably 28 years of my life. And this is why things went so wrong and I had to hustle so hard and I realized how important it is, the, like, the power, the, the strength of emotions. So for the last 10 years of my life, where I've invested, let's say 50,000 euros in trainings and everything, I learned to get in touch with myself, with my emotions, with my body. And this is what I basically help people to achieve because you can only feel others if you can feel yourself. So if you want to become an empathic leader, an authentic leader that is in, integer, like integrated and stand up for him or herself, for your values and do what you say and say what you do and shine for others, then I think everything starts first with emotions. So this is in a nutshell where I come from. <laughs> Did this answer your question? <laughs> Uh, yes, more or less. Thank you. Um, and I mentioned that at the beginning that I, I think you have a, a, a really impressive story and also um, getting out of uh, something and uh, becoming 
another version of yourself, maybe um, taking it a, a step further, discovering who you are. And um, I like that you said, okay, you learned to be by yourself and with your thoughts and everything. A lot of times people um, have issues with that. Um, mm. People also have issues being authentic um, and taking care of themselves. A lot of times people take care of others, which is amazing and you should, <laughs> but it's uh, like you said as well, you, you need to make sure you take care of yourself first before you can actually take care of others as well. John Grinder would say in his words, you go first. Everything go first. Starts, starts with you. Yes, that, uh, I like that. And uh, thank you for mentioning uh, the book as well. I'm going to make sure I link back to that on creativestartupacademy.com slash podcast. If you go to the leading with your head and heart, um, you will find all the links. Of course, also all the links to um, connect with Florian himself. And um, it's not easy, I think, to bounce back. And being a high performer, you have a different mindset. Um, and it might be even more difficult to step back a bit and say, okay, it's okay. I can, I can still achieve a lot and I, I should recognize more what I've already achieved um, before you move on and run to the next project and the next project and taking actually time out and doing nothing <laughs> in um, not really nothing, but even meditating is something. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I was the same. I, I always used to, okay, but whilst I was watching a movie, I had to clean the house. Or whilst I, I did this, I had to do something else. Whilst I talked to my mom on the phone, I hung up the washing. <laughs> okay, so that also means you're never 100% in that moment. So we can get into mm. mindfulness here and stuff, which um, really helps a lot to um, get more focused and actually get more done in the end as well. Yeah, um, so, and I, but making that shift, sometimes, unfortunately, something radical, like it happened for you, even three times, sometimes has to happen before you really uh, step on the brakes. The same for me when I was close to a burnout, I didn't have one, luckily, because uh, I think that would be, it's already difficult enough to bounce back from an almost burnout to, to from a real burnout. Um, but for me also, there were lots of things happening health-wise also in the family. I was diagnosed with a brain tumor and all these kind of things that made me also rethink my world and forced me to take care of, of myself. Uh, I don't have a brain tumor. Uh, anyone that's listening to that and was like, what? Um, they, they said after two months, oh no, it's not a brain tumor. Um, but anyway, for two months, uh, that's what I thought it would be. And um, it's, well. it's not easy to... To, to say no <laughs> it's not easy to to think okay if I don't publish five books a year that's also okay <laughs> um, just as an example so thank you for your authentic uh, sharing uh, of the authentic sharing of your story and I think it's it's very inspiring for other people and everyone please 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 make sure you take care of yourself and you come first like mm. Roman just said Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, you too. And I mean, to to put it in other words, I'd say it's it's quality for quantity. And I know it's always easy to say those things because uh, phrases come easy, words come easy. But on the end, um, to be realistic, what is it really that helps us to stop if it's not a total crash or some devastating life event? 
because it's usually what it is for most people that we only just start to wake up when we hit the wall. And I think, yeah, it's, it's important to have those moments to actually make a shift in your life. But for those who didn't have those shifts yet, for those who didn't have those crashes yet, this hitting the wall moments is finding out really what it is behind your motivations that drive you to do or take the actions you do and don't let you stop or pause or rest or be present and all those things, they're connected. To find out what is really the driving motivation behind it is actually the only way in my, in my experience that really helps you to change that sustainably. Uh, because like all these beautiful words we hear all the time, it's about, yeah, this, you see so much motivation, so many sayings, so many beautiful, it's, it's nice to see and hear those things to remind us, but it's really on the end for me, the experience shows to me over the years, showed to me over the years that you need to find out what the driving motivation is behind those actions. And once you found out what that is, you can actually really change it for a long term. And in my opinion, and this is where we close the loop back to the emotions, it's the emotion that actually governs the show. It's the emotion that actually is for you the accessing cue that can help you to spot those motivations that are usually hidden in the unconscious. So I, I know I opened up a big box, a big barrel here already, but just to emphasize the, the, the importance of emotions and why it is so important to feel ourselves is because the emotion is basically the one thing that helps you to find out why can you not stop? What is it that makes you go on whether you are tired and exhausted and somewhere deep down you already know you should stop? or doesn't even let you get active because it's, it goes in both directions. Some people do too much, some people do too less. It's all. But it's always the emotion I found that helps you to find that, to really solve it for you. Yes, thank you. And I, I know um, we also uh, have worked a little bit together uh, um, working on um, some things for myself, uh, working with emotions and stuff. And even this little bit we've done um, really already made an impact. So um, I, I can uh, be your testimony that this is what it is. It is um, looking into what kind of emotions do you have and recognizing those, letting them go or working with them. But we're going to talk about those, um, of course, a bit more in the future episodes. Any specific um, other things you would like to share uh, just for the first intro episode also maybe of a, a client that you worked with or something I, I can totally understand that you um, mirror uh, in the stories of your clients and a lot of mm -hmm. times this is um, who we work with if you we is uh, as in uh, our us entrepreneurs solopreneurs uh, self-employed whatever you want to call it in the end uh, a lot of times we attract and also want to attract a lot of times people that have similar challenges that we had or still mm. have um, to enable to solve them. However, I know this can also be tiring, um, especially <laughs> with what you're doing, of course, um, 
uh, and uh, I can see that this uh, might not give you as much energy as it might take. So even more important, probably that you take care of yourself before and after those sessions and be able to let go of um, certain thoughts maybe and, and work with the emotions that come out of with the sessions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really good question because uh, in the stories is also uh, a way to show how the work really happens. Um, so one, one story I can just think of is a person that is called Joshua Grote, a very inspiring, very, very, like how to say, motivational person. He's an actor. He used to be fight designer and a stuntman for Sense8, a series made from the Cohen brothers, sisters. I don't know how to exactly say the Matrix people. And then he came to me and he said, you know, Florian, I make fights. So I go around the world. I teach people how to incinate fights. I teach people to make those fights. So he's basically traveling around and he's living the life I was dreaming about when I was 15. I was like, oh my God, I want to do this stuff. And so he went, he wanted to become an actor, but be, for being an actor, you need to be a little bit more like transparent with your emotions. You need to have a, a huge emotional range. You need to be very soft and flexible when it comes to those things and dynamic and powerful as well. So it's a, a weird combination for most people who are not in, in that kind of field. So when he was on the set of Matrix 4, he called me and he said, Florian, um, you know that here on Matrix, everybody wants a piece of the cake. Everybody here is like elbow thinking. I don't know if you can say that in, in English. It's like really, there's a, let's call it mobbing or whatever you want to call it. Like mm -hmm. people, it's, it's, they deal with hard bandages or bondages, how you say. Like they really are tough on this set and everybody wants to knock out the other everybody wants to have a piece everybody wants to be with the matrix people so they're going against each other he was so angry at some point that he called me and he said florian i was about to break someone's face now and this is an energy i can actually not use at the moment because i really need to be smooth i need i need to be emotional i need to have everything at at hand i need to be flexible to adjust to everything that is just happening here in front of me so we had a, a, a quick and dirty session that takes about 30 to 40 minutes with people that I already know, I have coached before. And it's like using everything, all the energies that is inside him, all the anger, all the frustration, all these emotions that we usually call or label negative. Um, we use those emotions for us and we channel them through our system. Them. So on the end, we can actually use the energy that the anger provides to redirect it into our projects, in our goals, into whatever it is. And believe me, if you are angry sometimes, I mean, you have an experience yourself, how much energy that is at hand. So imagine what's possible when you when you are able to use that energy and redirect it. So we did that. And the next day he called me and he said, oh, it was amazing. Like the, the director at the set, she said, it's amazing. And in all my years, I haven't seen someone turning around uh, and building a group so strong. We had a party in the end of the day. We were dancing on the tables. We bonded and it was a beautiful experience. So that's basically possible when you learn to deal with your emotions rather than neglect them, ignore them, push them aside or call them negative. It's yes. One story. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you. Very, very great um, to see that it actually works as well. Um, right. I think for this episode, and, and uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to say that we haven't mentioned yet, but for me, that was a, a super inspiring and interesting introduction to what we will be talking about in the next uh, three episodes. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up this episode? Nothing on my mind yet. I think you opened okay. up a few beautiful loops for the <laughs> listeners and I, I would be happy if you join in again for the next time and dive deeper into how you could use actually your emotions to for you instead of against yourself. Yes, thank you. Amazing. So everyone, like uh, we just said, there will be more episodes and the next one is where we talk a bit more about state and performing, um, how you can be the leader of your life rather than um, being just um, someone that is led by life <laughs> and uh, pressure and all this kind of stuff. So thank you so much for your time, Florian, and I'm looking forward to talking to you in the next one. Looking forward to talking to you soon again. Bye-bye. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.